This is What The Flex. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Tuesday, the 22nd of February. Mm, wasn't a good day to commute to work in Sydney yesterday, no, Justin. No, no. All train services brought to a halt. Thanks to industrial action. Yeah. No surprises who the real winner was here, though. <laughs> Uber drivers. <laughs> the surge pricing was anywhere between 50% to 150%. B-Man, $31 million. That is the amount that Clive Palmer, the United Australia Party leader and billionaire, has spent on political attack ads. Ooh. And all of that just since August last year. Wow. That's around a hundred times more than the Liberal and Labor parties. Three energetic stories today, Justin. Let's do it. For our first. AGL, the Australian energy giant, has rejected an unsolicited takeover bid by none other than Atlassian co-founder Mike Cannon-Brooks Ooh. and investment company Brookfield. This is a huge power play, Brett. Yeah. What is the story? So AGL is Australia's largest power company mm-hmm. and it was founded all the way back in 1837. And now it services around four and a half million Aussie households and businesses. But Justin, with great electricity comes great carbon. (laughs) AGL is also Australia's largest carbon emitter. And next minute, Mike Cannonbrooks enters the chat. Quick rundown on Mike again, Brett. Well, co-founder of Atlassian. Australia's third richest person. And in the words of Julia Fox, climate change is his muse. (laughs) In fact, Brett, (laughs) he's already pledged around $500 million of his own money to non-profits helping to reduce climate change. But now it's time to business. So... (laughs) Now he's partnered with a Canadian asset manager called Brookfield and together they've made an $8 billion proposal to buy AGL. Now the plan was to bring forward AGL's target for net zero emissions by 12 years. And the offer was a 4.6% premium to AGL's current share price. But AGL has said, ah, it's a no from me, dogs. (laughs) So what's the key learning here? When a company makes an offer to acquire another company, they typically have to pay what's known as an acquisition premium. This is the difference between the current value of the company and the price offered to buy it. Now, Justin, there's no requirement to pay a premium. Often it can just sweeten the deal. You know, put off other competitors from trying to put in an offer for the same company. And often the size of the premium depends on the size of the competition in that industry. For example, B-Man, in Block's acquisition of Afterpay, they paid a 30% premium on Afterpay's share price. And in the acquisition of Sydney Airport, the new investors paid a 6% premium. So you get the sense that Mike Cannonbrooks will have to do a bit better than 4.6% premium if he wants AGL to take his offer seriously. For our second story, Westpac is bringing out a new, sleek FPOS terminal to take on Block, formerly known as Square, and it's all part of their plan to slow Block down. Finally, Westpac is getting in on the action, Brett. What is happening here? So Westpac is Australia's oldest bank, Mm -hmm. and one thing we know about traditional banks, they're pretty slow to action new innovative changes. (laughs) But as new players like Square, like Klarna, like Zip have come into the mix, Westpac have been given a run for their money. Now, Blocks slash Square, in particular, has been causing some trouble. Isn't that right, Jazzy Boy? <laughs> yes, that is right. Square's FPOS terminals, which are like little white blocks, they're pretty popular these days. I think almost everyone, yeah, almost everyone is completely out <laughs> with those big, bulky FPOS terminals. So now, Brett, Westpac is getting on the front foot with a new FPOS Now terminal mm. to small and medium businesses. And Westpac has undercut Block and Combank's prices, all part of the plan to become the number one bank for merchants. So what's the key learning here? Banks use payment terminals as the Trojan horse into businesses. Wowee, that is a bold statement, Brett. So talk me through it. Selling a new business banking account to a retailer or a merchant, it's a pretty hard thing to sell. Mm-hmm. So banks are using payment terminals as their way in. Once they've sold the terminal, it can often help the bank develop deeper relationships with that merchant or retailer. 
which could help them offer a bank account. Which could also help them offer a loan. Now, Justin, retail customers like you or me yep. were important to banks, but businesses are a whole nother level of valuable. So more and more, we're starting to see merchants becoming profit and data puppies for banks and lenders. Mm -hmm. For our third and final story, Hermes, the luxury handbag maker, has really hurt its own profits Ooh. after its own production caps have been limiting its own growth. Ah, uh, Hermes just got a taste of its own medicine here, Brett. Mm. So tell me more. So Hermes is the luxury goods company founded around 185 years ago. It's famous for its Birkin bag, i.e. the bag that Kanye buys for all of his exes. Uh, or the bag that Drake's been stashing for years to give to his <laughs> future wife. But here's the deal. There is intense demand for this bag. Mainly because Hermes actually caps production of its bag. And usually, this adds to the brand's exclusivity and its allure. But for the last three months, Hermes's results show that sales were down around 5.5%, and that was due to capacity constraints. So what's the key learning here? Exclusivity can often be used as a great marketing tool, particularly when it comes to luxury brands. Exclusivity can lead to urgency. You know, not enough supply for the amount of demand. It drives that familiar FOMO feeling deep in the pits of our stomachs. And when we finally get our hands on that exclusive product, we feel special. <laughs> kind of like getting into the Berghain in Berlin. <laughs> but the downside, well, that'd be uh, capacity. It takes Hermes 15 hours to produce a single bag and they only recruit 400 artisans a year to actually make the bags. But by doing this, they're limiting how much stock they can sell to meet that demand. So Hermes is facing ongoing tension of an exclusive brand. That tension between exclusivity and that old thing named revenue. Brett, we always like to welcome the new listeners of the What The Flux podcast to the Flux family. So if you want to stay up to date with the latest business mm -hmm. news, hit follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.